Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 85. 85? 85. <laughs> Wait. I, do- I double-checked. I double-checked. Because I thought last time was 86. No, last time was 84. I'll double-check. <laughs> yeah, last time was 84. It's 85. I always double-check before I send you the, the script. I know you. <laughs> Are you going to keep this? I'm for sure going to keep this. <laughs> What an intro. Allison is in full doubt mode and questioning everything, which is a great intro. Let me start over. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 85. I am not going to question anymore of Jen and Millie. We're a Gen Xer and a millennial. Share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. I am grateful that you allow me to fail out loud on these and and you don't go back and cut them because... It's a great intro to some of the things that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. I, my input, my number one strength Mm -hmm. has a strong desire to question. And I'm curious all the time, but I also question information. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking a lot about the word, a couple of words that we're going to talk about today. The word truth, which we've talked about before. We've talked about truth being relative. We've talked about that in a lot of ways, but... I'm kind of in awe lately of how something can be said and completely misunderstood by whomever the reader is. So each of us could read 10 statements and interpret those in very, very different ways. Mm -hmm. And I've learned a lot about that recently. I'm also grateful that you allow me to make the decision, the choice to screw up on here (laughs) out loud. We've had a conversation with who our listeners are lately, and we were talking about that because I think we assume it's maybe a couple of our friends, and it's a lot more than it's a lot more than that. And when I've asked, you know, tell me why you listen or what is appealing about this, it's that this is just like a conversation, a real conversation between two people. So you've always created this space for me, Tess, to allow me to fail forward and to make mistakes out loud. Um, for you and I, we, we see the mistakes happen. Right now you're seeing the evidence, which looks like a beautiful tattoo on my arm, but it's actually a giant bruise that is growing in new ways. Um, growing to the like Australia. Yeah, you know, I think it looks a little bit like a seahorse sometimes. Sometimes I also think it looks like greenery because it's now turning the beautiful green. It looks like the stuff people are attempting to plant right now. Um, but I did fall and that is something it was what my running coach refers to as the first fall. And she had told all of us that eventually we'll fall on the trail. And so expect it, know it, be prepared for it, but also be glad when it's done. And my first fall was pretty ugly. The getting back up was harder than I thought it was going to be. But I fell while running down a canyon, tripped on a rock. And I'm usually towards the front of the pack because of my run pace. So I fell in front of everyone. And this last week heard just how beautiful it was, how slow motion it was, how they all saw me starting to fall and then starting to brace myself to protect my face. But this is the only place that I am bruised. 
on my upper arm. So I fell in a way that is protection and self-protection. I knew I was going to fall. It was slow motion, but I knew enough to turn myself in a way that protected me. And then, and laid there for half a second because I was in a lot of pain and had this group of women around me who were immediately right there. And I got up and I looked at my coach and I said, first fall and started running again and ran the last mile straight, waited till I got to the car to cry, which is becoming a really good pattern for me. Wait to cry. (laughs) Wait. Can you hold it in, Allison, for just a minute and then cry? And I did. And then um, just learned a ton from that experience about how lucky I am that there are so many people that let me fall and um, still stand behind me and beside me and encourage me to get back up. Mm -hmm. And you let me do that here in this space. So thank you for that. Of course. Of course. That's what the safe space is for, right? And that's what we always talk about this, this being a safe space for conversation well between us you know between friends but also like I feel like people yeah that listen are like just like having a conversation with a few friends so <laughs> well we never have any direction and nope. we're <laughs> as a side note we're not drinking when we do this we, Pro- we probably not. should mention that this isn't like over well because sometimes I think it sounds like we are <laughs> oh okay nope this is just um unadulterated uninhibited Tess and Allie <laughs> yes and conversation Allison and no, Converse. I'm, I'm sorry. I will not. I'm not going to be calling you Allison. I will call you Allison in the context in which I am forced to call you Allison. But even saying Allison is difficult for me because that's not how I know you and who I know you as. And so I am, I'm, if you're okay with that, I guess I should ask if you're okay with that. If I still call you Allie in the context in which it's us, like, this kind of space. Is that okay? Or so, would you prefer I well, call you Allison? So let's give a little context here. We have a new staff member whose name is Allie. Also in the run group that I'm part of, we have an Allie. And so what concerns me is I don't want, and this is definitely woo empathy blend. I don't want the other Allie to feel responsible for my problems. So the reason that I clarify myself to be Allison in our meetings is because when Someone says, oh, hey, Allie, are you going to take care of this? I don't want the new real Allie, the Allie that's her name is actually Allie, Mm -hmm. to feel like they're talking about her. So A-L-L-Y-S-O-N, I'm kind of like Prince. Um, I feel like I can modify myself because I didn't used to be Allie to anyone. Mm -hmm. I was only Allison. And so if you go back to Exeter where I grew up and you say, do you know Allie Horn? They're like, who? But if you ask somebody at teammates, do you know Allie Horn? The answer is yes. So now I get to recreate myself, which is great timing again, um, to just be Allison, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N. So Tess, you can call me whatever you prefer. Okay. Um, the only I, the only people that call me Allie in my former life are my friend Katie. And I guess I'm the only person that calls her Katie. I learned that over the weekend in Texas. Um, I call her Katie Babe, actually. Okay. She calls me Allie. And her cousin, who was the cool bass guitar player in our high school um, band, Mike, called me Allie. And Mike was the coolest dude. So when he called me that, it was almost like a, a privileged Lassie. term that no one else, <laughs> no one else could use that. But I only went by Allison. And so now to be in this space where I 
need to choose. Right. So, so I think, okay, so I'm glad I have that. I, I figured that would be your response. And I know the purpose and intent for why you're shifting more to Allison because of trying to honor the alley on our staff. My adaptability has already shifted to calling you Allison in context in which the al- You say it with such a tone. What? Say al- Allison? Allison. It's- Allison. <laughs> Allison, because it seems so like it seems so unnatural when I talk about you. It seems unnatural to me because I've only known you as Allie, and so to say Allison, Allison, I don't know. It's Allison. It's my name is Allison. Allison. There, there's some just a little tiny bit of enunciation tone there that just sounds like. I'm being punished for some reason. I don't know what it is. It, it's maybe the way that my mom said it. I don't know. Oh, oh, okay. So, uh, say, but, say it again. Say it again. Well, maybe it's your Minnesotan. I do. Because I do make fun of me for saying things weird. Like there was a whole thing. I hope they don't make best, fun of you. They do. At my best friend's wedding a month ago, there was a whole group of people that were like, say this word and say this word. And I would say it. And they were like, that's hilarious. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, my favorite movie is Love Actually. And when they all sit around at the bar and they ask the British guy to say bottle. They're like, what is this? They point to a beer bottle and they're like, what is this? And he's like, a bottle. And they're like, bottle. Um, oh my gosh. But yeah. So I, I love that movie. So say say your full name. <clears throat> Allison Marie Horn. Allison. Oh, sorry. Allison Marie Bernadette Horn. Okay. Sorry. One more time. Allison Marie Bernadette Horn. Allison Marie Bernadette Horn. Is that better? Well, maybe. I don't know. I, um... I have a a friend uh, here who is from Jersey and it's been fascinating for me to hear him say things like tournament, (laughs) like tournament. He's like, no, there's a soccer tournament. And I'm like, tona what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not making fun because I love, love the enunciation that all of us have, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. But there's just something about the way I think you say Allison in a way that's you're not liking the shift and there's a tone of disdain that's in it. I'm able to switch, but it's not disdain and it's not dislike. It just feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. There's discomfort to it. It's not disdain. It's discomfort because that's not, because I know I'm supposed to be referring to you, but it feels, yeah, unnatural and uncomfortable on my tongue to refer to you as Allison. Also, I think it reflects what we're going to talk about today, which is, lessening or maybe um the concept of getting rid of things that are unnecessary or mm-hmm. shift and change Shifting. in space yeah. allison is a lot it's seven letters mm-hmm. it's a long name yeah um when it was hyphenated with other names <laughs> it was yep. extra, long. extra long um so Allie sounds very simple mm-hmm. and i think i've grown to love simplicity mm. in a lot of ways um, the shedding of things. And, um, I think we want to talk a little bit about that today. We talked about what I love, what I need. Um, last time I got some great responses to that, by the way, which I am always so grateful for. Mm -hmm. I know, I know that for me, for example, I went to, um, my first big show of the season. I am so into honoring my word of the year right now, yeah. but I went to Red Rocks last night to see, um, 
I, I will call him a friend, but he's more of an acquaintance. His name's Andy Frasco. And his show is just absolutely incredible. High, high energy. And one of the things that really stood out to me was how I'm choosing, choosing to do that right now. I am prioritizing. When we talk about what I love, what I need, and when we had some responses from people, today I chose to reach out to Andy and tell him, about that experience. And I wrote him this long message via Instagram thinking, you know, this guy's probably got a thousand fans or more and thinks, you know, okay, here's another, sorry about the planes. Here's another, you know, fan, fan club response. But what I wrote to him, I was seated next to a couple that had come for Keller Williams, um, the opening act, and they weren't familiar with Andy yet. So they turned to me and you know, there I am by myself, which was awesome. Um, they turned to me and, um, her name is Tess and she said, yeah, she said, hi, I'm Tess. She said, what brought you to a Keller Williams show? And I said, um, actually, I don't know Keller. I said, but I, I know Andy. And she said, well, we're new to Andy. Tell us about Andy. And not only was I able to describe the energy that they were going to have in that show energy and Andy's shows are high energy, but I got to tell her a little bit about Andy as a human. Andy cares about other humans. He is very much, uh, very vulnerable, very open, did a lot of things during COVID to connect people. Um, he's very open about mental health awareness. He's open about his own struggles. He loves love and he loves his mom and dad's love story. And they were there last night and he introduced Stop. them and we were able oh to toast God. to them. It was the coolest thing. Um, his new song actually features video clips of older couples dancing. Um, He's just a great human. And so to be able to turn to them and say, not only let me tell you about his music, but let me tell you about Andy as a person. I reached out to him and told him that. And he responded immediately with, you have no idea what this you know, means to me. Thank you for reaching out. I know we have listeners who never reach out. I know we have people who listen who never say a word. But those that do have no idea how much that means because we're very vulnerable here Mm -hmm. and it's scary and when i listen back i think i hope two people i hope two people listened and those two people are allison and tess but i'm grateful Mm -hmm. and i'm grateful for this space so today i know we want to talk a little bit about the continuation of of what we love what we need and let's talk about it in relationship to our space So I'm on the simple abundance path and the reading that I loved today that I want to share with everyone. It's a wisdom from Sarah Ban Brethnock, who has been part of my life for 25 years, but I hear her words differently each and every time I read them. Here's the quote from simple abundance this morning. Her eye is more discriminating now. She has learned what she can live without and she feels lighter. What you love expresses your authentic self. So in thinking about that, I want us to look around our spaces and think about the containers that we are in, whether that's office space, whether that's our car, whether that's our home space, whether that's where we put, how we spend our time, where we spend our time. Mm-hmm. If you spend a bunch of time at the gym, that's a container that you're in. Yeah. If you spend a bunch of time house sitting, that's mm-hmm. a container that you're in. Mm-hmm. If you spend a bunch of time at your parents' home, that's a container that you're in. Or if you spend a bunch of time outside, that's a container that you're in. Mm. So what I want us to think about today, and I'm going to start with you, Tess, is 
particularly since you are in the space of choosing what you carry with you. Going back to her eyes discriminating now. She's learned what she can live without Mm -hmm. and she feels lighter. I've done this, what you're about to do. And it is grief and it is hard Mm -hmm. and it's... um, the condo approach does not work for me, although in some ways it does. Oh, Murray, yeah, no. Like, no. it's not, do, does this bring me love and light? Is this sure. giving energy Whatever. to me? Yeah, no. However, I will say that I think thinking about the last statement, what you love expresses your authentic self, yeah. will help you to discern what you carry with you. I carry with me, yeah. So um, if you've mi- if you missed, I think it was two episodes ago or three episodes ago I think most people know um, I am having a full-on life change in a couple of months almost exactly two months Um, will be um, moving away from Omaha quitting my job at teammates leaving the area uh, to start a PhD program and I am grateful I had a bunch of stuff confirmed just this week about my assistantship and my position with the university and also then was able to confirm where I'm living and so a lot of change and it really just has kind of propelled the last couple days my mind is whirling about what what to keep what to pack what to bring you know I'm going home to Minnesota for um, a few days next weekend and so I will bring a bunch of stuff up for that but that means now I'm in this slow like two-month process like it's just dragged out which I knew it was going to take a long time because I'm uprooting nine years of my life my entire adult Mm -hmm. life a third of my life literally has been spent in this space in this town um, or in this city you know in this area um, building this life and so for that to to change so fully and completely all at once is a lot Um, and so I knew it would be a longer process like I couldn't just like move in a weekend right I'm like having to figure out what to sell and what to donate and and then I think the biggest question for me is I'm moving from 700 square feet to 300 Um, so I'm going to be moving into a micro apartment in DC, which I'm so excited about. But I um, have a lot of things, um, including a lot of books. And I think people with context and I also have height input tend to keep things. We just keep mm-hmm. things because they mean something or they were with us at a certain point in time or we're like, why would I get rid of it? Um, things like that. So I just have accumulated a lot of things. And I'm always kind of been like that, right? I keep, I remember I have a note from my speech coach from junior year of high school that I still have. I have graduation letters and yes, I have a whole bucket of things just like that, of words and things. Anyway, so, okay, so how I've been approaching it, and you can strength spot me 100% right off the bat, how I've been approaching everything, my very first litmus test, the very first question I asked myself is when have I most recently used this? That is for sure. It's not whether it brings me joy. It's not whether or not I love it. It's pure <laughs> utility through my context lens that says the utility. Oh, of also adaptability. Also adaptability. Yeah. So adaptability, but also input, right, is is filter input filters everything through usage and utility, right? And that's number 10 for me. And then my context is able to scan back through my life history to say, when did I read this book? When did I last wear this article of clothing? When did I last utilize this resource that I've kept forever? When did I last use this kind of shampoo compared to the shampoo I'm using now, right? And why do I still have a bottle of this in my pantry closet? Like all of these things, right? Like, so my brain just like, that's the very first thing, right? Because if I say, do I love this or does this reflect what I love? I will keep everything. I'll keep absolutely everything that I own, which is not helpful, right? Okay. Stop, stop. 
Okay. I'm giving okay. you the face. I know you're giving me the face. I want you to give yourself some credit because you are not a hoarder. And I think no. you're making yourself kind of sound like. Oh, okay. No, definitely not. And that's not what your space looks like no. at all. It's very no. clean and clean lines. And I think you've already discerned yeah. a lot. Yeah, for sure. You even just live in the space that I am living in. But because, you know, I'm reducing the size of my space by more than half, by like 60%, um, I'm going to be living in, yeah, I think it's about 40% of the space I'm currently in now. Um, I need to make a lot more <laughs> adjustments. First second. You have this down to percentage. Well, you, yeah, I mean, so I, I love how, I love just so. witnessing the difference again, back to truth, the difference between like the way you see information is completely different than the way I see information. So when you say 700 to 300, mm-hmm. is that what you said? 700 yeah. to 300? So technically, I just calculated it's 42.8% of the space okay. that I'm currently living in right now. So in my head, I'm just like, okay, that's, that's 400 less, you know? Okay. So maybe she's got to get rid of, uh, something. You are already in percentage mode. So here's the fact. Here's a statement. There's there were four statements made there. My approach to those four statements and your mm-hmm. approach to those four statements. Different views. Very different views. Yeah. And I think that's important because yeah. a lot of the way that we communicate right now mm-hmm. is in email and in text and in social media. And so when you think about what we're missing when we don't have a face, like a hard face-to-face conversation Mm -hmm. and you send information via email and how is that person absorbing it and reading it and understanding it is completely from their lens, which may be very, very different than the way. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's a good distinction. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's how I'm thinking about this process is essentially I need to cut down approximately 60% of my possessions in the migration, right? From, you know, movement from Omaha to DC. Um, and so one of those things is um, Lauren and I have a date on the calendar for a class coming out about a month from now. I just uh, secured that this morning. Um, I mean, I'm getting rid of my car hopefully this weekend, selling that and have a backup car for the next couple of months. Like, but things like, especially things that like books, Right. And so, so my initial mindset, right. And, and this, I don't know where you can strength spot this or what, you know, what this is going to entail, but you know, my initial mindset is I, I love my library. Like I have a lot of books and that's probably the single item that I have the most of again, not in like a hoarder esque way, but I kind of have like stacks of books, right. Um, around my apartment and they're, they're very decorative and I make them look nice and I have a lot of books. And, um, and so, you know, my initial mindset was like, okay, essentially what do I need to bring to DC? Like, what do I want to have readily available? And then what that, that I don't want to bring to DC, what would then I bring back to my parents' house? But I think I'm getting in this long term, and I think that's probably where I'll go with books is right. I want to keep my books because eventually my dream space, whatever that looks like, I have a library. Like I just have my room, if it's a spare bedroom and a condo in a city, wherever I end up or something, that's just like a really great chaise lounge and then floor to ceiling bookshelves with books. So I think books I would want to keep a lot of, but things like wardrobe or things like even I've thought about like furniture the question for me isn't what do I want to bring to DC and everything else I'm going to store at my parents house the question is will I want this five years down the road yes like and a lot of that I'm realizing a lot of the answer to that is no as much as I love my aesthetic as much as I love how my apartment is set up now and I'm never going to be able to replicate this space and this time and this season of my life 
Mm-hmm. And so much of this season is defined by how I've created my own space and my container, how I've decorated it, how I've set it up, what sort of furniture I've selected, and how I paired that with what's on my walls and the color spots that I have. And, and so a lot of that, like I'm realizing more and more I'm going to be selling a lot more than I think I initially intended or donating it. Um, and I'm really like, that's a little freeing Yes, to be at that place of like, I have loved this and I have cherished this, but it's time for this not to be a part of my life anymore. And, and that's been a really cool place to get to. So just going back to that, I think that we all can do more of that in so many ways. I am constantly reflecting on energy and where I gift my energy, what energy I take on. And I take on other people's energy very quickly and very strongly. And I've gotten to know that about myself and understand that about myself. It is okay to say, I love this, but I no longer have the space for it. And that gives us the opportunity to choose and to make choices, which we all have to do. Um, in thinking about that, back to our I love, I need statements that we made last week, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this in relationship to my my space that I'm in currently. So I have had some really interesting conversations with my kiddos who are so much wiser than me, um, but they'll ask me hard questions. So I had someone recently ask me where I wanted to be in the next five years. I'm like, what? I don't know. Next week, next week is about the best I can do. I've also come to understand that I had such a giant decision in the move here that any other decisions right now are not wise. They just, Mm -hmm. I need the space for the energy to settle, but I crafted like, what do I really need vision wise? Like, what do I want to, if I think about my future, what's most important to me Mm -hmm. financially, it's to be able to help my kids whatever that looks like, whether that's with further education, whether that's um, planning for So I want to be able to help my kids financially. Mm-hmm. I also want this, and you can't see this, but it's a, I drew a house and it's not necessarily a house because I'm really loving the lack of responsibility in not taking care of a yard, but I miss pieces to that. I'll get to that in a second. But I drew this house and the only thing that matters to me, and it could be a condo, it could be, you know, rentals, whatever, is that there is a big farmer's table that is crowded. Mm-hmm. I want space and I'm lucky that my kids have this at their dad's house and I'm part of that crowded table, yeah. but I want them to have space where they feel comfortable and I want there to be a crowded mm-hmm. table for them, their significance, and also every single person that's part of my, my family and friend circles. Yeah. And then the other, which I drew really poorly, is a baby grand piano. And what that represents is not a fancy new baby grand piano. It maybe represents my original piano, which is now at my sister's because I can't have it here. Or maybe it's just an old yucky looking baby grand piano. But when I think about what I really zero in on, what do I want for my life, my future? It's yeah. that simple. Space with that. Mm, that's it good. is that simple. Mm-hmm. So when I was thinking about back to our love and need, and I want you to think as I'm sharing mine, what are you telling me? I'm moving up and down. Yeah, I can't. And you, know, you keep moving f- closer and I'm then sorry. further away from the mic, so it just keeps messing with all the balancing we did in the green room. I'm sorry. <laughs> just putting it out on the radio. I'm trying, trying to, to stay the same same direction from the okay. mic, 
but just because um, the mic is over here, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. But just move around a little bit. This surprisingly, this is hard for me today. Yeah. I don't know, and that I'm I'm you, you're so uneasy. Fidgety. You're so I'm fidgety, fidgety. and it's yeah. making me anxious. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I will stay. In a, Thank you. I'm more contained. When I look around my space and I think about what's most important to me and how what I love expresses my authentic self in this container, mm -hmm. I love words. So books yeah. are very important to me. My reason to keep books is more, did I love this reading and will I want yeah. to read it again? Mm -hmm. yeah. And if I didn't love the book and I didn't finish it, I don't have a problem giving it away. Yeah. Sure. Records, my music. Mm -hmm. Words are part of that. So we can strength spot that communication. Mm -hmm. I love poetry. Poetry. What? No, I don't. I don't love poetry. What the hell? I can't even read. You know what I'm trying to read without my damn readers on? We're today and I'm loving it. I look like a real... All right. Let me try... This is why I'm fidgety. I'm just off today. I love pottery. Pottery, not poetry. I love pottery and crystals. Jeez. I love pottery. And the pottery and crystals remind me of nature. And I think that's my connectedness. Mm -hmm. I love photography. I love moments captured. So the, the artwork that I have in my home space is very specific to me. Right mm -hmm. here is one of my originals at Grand Lake. And that one from from San Diego, um, very specific on the photography that I have. And I think that's probably connectedness, but also a little bit of input because I want to gather the memory. Yeah. Um, what I'm missing. So I want you to be thinking about this, mm -hmm. what you love in your space. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. What I'm missing. I am missing the big table. That's still something that I'm missing. I am missing garden and outdoor space. I miss my hammock. I miss my garden. I miss my big yard. I do. I don't like the responsibility of it, but I miss tinkering in it. I miss my piano. I miss plants. I don't have any plants yet because I've not felt responsible enough to care for a plant. But also, you've been, you still travel. I mean, you go back. I'm gone. Also, so I'm. Side story, but I had coffee at a coffee shop in Littleton on Thursday morning, and I ended up in a conversation with three older gentlemen that are part of the Chamber of Commerce and the Business Development, who were, I had one, I'm going to write a blog piece about them. One of them is an immigrant from Lebanon. His name is Cal. Can't wait to tell the story. Anyway, long story short, they were like, so you're a writer. That's what you do. And I said, no, 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 no. Like, I do this and I do this. And then when I, you know, sometimes I write and they're like, what do you do in your spare time? And I thought they were being serious. And I said, well, I, I run and I hike and I'm part of this ladies group and I go to concerts all the time. And I am, you know, this is my friend group in circles. And I go back home and they're like, no, we were just joking. I, yeah. I'm not here very often. So plants are a big uh, responsibility. I miss my garage because I love the space for things, the outdoorsy things mm -hmm. like I miss my kayak yeah. and I miss my outdoor gear that I had to part with. Yeah, what I've gained in getting rid of those things, quiet, even though you hear the planes all the time, it's very quiet here. Forced movement. I have three flights of stairs and no elevators here. Chosen furniture to be very specific about chosen furniture. Um, a big bathtub. 
I am obsessed with Beth. Mm-hmm. Open space and gorgeous views. So I kind of narrowed that down into what I lost and what I found. What now this is this is deep, deeper than just the stuff. Yep. I lost my home. I lost trust. I lost security. I lost a lot of stuff. I lost love. I lost hope. I lost belief. But what I found was myself, freedom, nature, new people, new experiences, joy, dance, minimalism, and choice. That's why I was fidgety. You're so fidgety, yeah. <laughs> Got real. <laughs> That's why. Yes, yeah, so we start with coming. like, what's in your apartment space? Yeah. To right down to it. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. It, it's at the core of everything. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, how you how you create your containers? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Gosh, those are good questions. My mind is whirling. Um, I would like to ask you: Would you like me to respond? at present or the decisions that I've made about what my space will look like in future? I'm going to leave that up to you. But what I'm curious about is what I think is important here between, and especially between us, but also in this, this container of Jen and Millie, Mm -hmm. I'm 20 years ahead in a lot of things, but I also weirdly have done the move six to seven months prior to yours. And I I think, I mean, we knew that was coming, right? But like I have experienced what you are experiencing right now and it makes my heart hurt Mm. because it is hard, hard work to discern. And it's such a pain, pain, pain to move. Yeah. Because yeah. once you start the once you start the let's start moving things, mm-hmm. then there's really the momentum of it would just be so much easier if you had to do it in a weekend. I know, I know, but it's going to be long and laborious and hard and joyful and yeah, I'm prepared for that. So I I literally spent so I like did a really like like I think it was Wednesday. I did a really really long work day. Like I think I was working till eleven o'clock at night because I just like had just a ton of stuff to get done. So I ended up taking a couple hours Thursday afternoon as like a break from like two to four. And I went to Target and got like organization bins and packing tape because I know I'm going to be doing a lot of that tomorrow. And uh, so, but I did sketch out like a master timeline because I was like, I feel like there's just so much to get done and I want to still give time for like celebrating and spending time with my people. And I have a weekend I'm doing just a solo trip by myself because I didn't get that this year. And I've just felt the lack of that, um, Mm -hmm. not having a time just to get away by myself and reflect and dream and plan and just be by my, I've been by myself a lot lately, but it's been like, I've had a ton on my plate. And so I haven't been able to actually um, commune with myself, if that makes sense, right? Because yes. I've just been by myself. I've been alone, not in, you know, um, not celebrating, you know, being solitary. Um, so anyway, so like I have, so I've like all of these things and like my family Christmas and a friend's trip and then just like conference. I mean, I just like, I had to figure out like when to do all the rest of the stuff that I actually need to do. Right. So and I think also you had, um, so this is, 
we talk about this sometimes, uh, moving is grief. Mm -hmm. There's different levels of it because when we move, when we don't want to, Mm -hmm. that's different. When we move in a space of like celebration, Mm -hmm. that's different. But it's also usually there is like a um, something that moves the pendulum faster, something that so once you once you got word mm-hmm. from Howard, it was like, yeah. yep. and so I very similarly, I had Colorado on my, on my soul, mm-hmm. but then things happened yep. that, I mean, really propelled that decision to go quicker. And then it was like the decision was made. Mm-hmm. That's that piece of it also is grief. The, sure. the discernment of the actual decision of where am I going? Where am I going to land? And yeah. you, you just confirmed that. Yeah. Two days ago, I just actually confirmed yes. where I'm going to live. Like, this is where I was hoping for. This is best case scenario. But I was also like, COVID has affecting higher ed funding or has affected it. And so I'm like, I'm not sure if I'll get full funding from the university. And so I don't know for sure if I'm going to be able to do that or, or want to do another type of assistantship. So yeah, I mean, I just got word two days ago, but I had my strategic, right, had put together all of these scenarios already. Yes. And so it was like scenario A, scenario B, scenario C, scenario D. I, I had four possible potential outcomes based on news that I would get, right? Also, there he goes trying to swap me through that. Not just how do I move, but like I had all of these scenarios at play. And so it wasn't even like, oh my gosh, now I have to figure thing out, things out. It was like activate scenario A when I got news. It was like, I have it all planned out almost to the end already, knowing exactly the square footage, exactly the price, already having a template of a budget. You know, I'm like, I knew exactly what it was if that was the scenario that was going to be, you know, the case. And so it wasn't like a... I think like it activated the pendulum swing, but for me, it wasn't like, okay, now all of a sudden I'm in this frenzy. It's like, no, okay, we're ready. Activate flight plan A because that's what I got. <laughs> you know, that's just the result I got, which is great. So, so maybe what we yeah. should do is have you verbally process, which will help you since you've only had two days to really know plan A, yeah. best case scenario, mm-hmm. that you could speak to yeah. the, what you love and how that might be expressed in your stuff your things um what you might be missing Mm -hmm. what you may potentially gain because you won't know those answers till you get there what you feel like you might be losing Mm -hmm. and what you feel like you might be finding perfect yep that's that sound okay that's kind of what i was thinking yeah so I know for sure what I love. So, and this has been, my parents, I think, have been frustrated by this because they're the ones that are like helping me physically move. Um, Because I said, I am going to, uh, with everything I have, ensure that I bring my grandparents' 1969 GE console record player with me wherever I go. If I end up moving to London, I will board a ship. And in order to get that thing overseas, if I end up overseas long term. I can relate. But anyway, so that is coming with me. And I knew that was coming with me. And my mom has like envied this forever, right? She's always wanted it, you know? And she was like, I can't believe grandma gave that to you. Um, And so my mom has always wanted it. So she's like, well, I have a great place for it if we need to store it, you know, right here in the living room. And, And I was like, no, it's coming with me. And so that's the part that's caused problems because otherwise, like realistically, there could have been a possibility that I could fly and ship a few boxes, but between everyone that's helping me move, 
taking some of their luggage space or whatever I could have reasonably flown but this needs to go out there so we're doing like a pull behind U-Haul right so that was like what do I love that's it right that is my love of music which for me is not communication right yours is communication mine is adaptability because Mm -hmm. music creates an aesthetic it's not always about the words it's hardly ever about the lyrics in all honesty for me it's about the mood and the emotions that music evokes from me um, that I get to sit in when I'm listening to music and then that so my adaptability blended with my context because this is the very first purchase my grandparents made after they got married it's been a part of our family forever and it had been sitting in my grandparents basement and I was like put my name on that I want it (laughs) and grandma was like take it with you Merry Christmas and um, a few years ago and it was the best thing ever and so I'm bringing that I am not bringing my entire record collection with me Um, which would be very contrary to you um, and probably what you think I will be bringing my everyday listens so my modern stuff of people I love to listen to now so my Avit records uh, my Bonnie Vare records um, Head and the Heart records things I listen to like every day uh, City and Color uh, and then I will be bringing my Beatles collection but my other oldies, of course, my other oldies records or like even I have some like 70s, 80s rock albums too, those will not be coming with me. So I kind of have three categories, although in the miscellaneous kind of category that that is the one I'll be keeping home, I do have Christmas albums. And so I will be bringing my one Andy Williams Christmas album Um <laughs> So, yes, I see already thought through all this. You don't even need to verbally process. I know exactly what I'm bringing. Um, as far as my books, I will be bringing mostly reference um, reference books that I already own um, for sociology. So some of my textbooks, because I've kept all my social textbooks. Um, my, um, I will be bringing, it's like some social commentary books, like hot button issues, things like that, that I might utilize. And then I'm bringing the Harry Potter series. Um, and I think the Harry Potter is the only piece of fiction that I probably will be bringing. Um, everything I got to pause and ask you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Records and books that you're not taking with will go where? Um, most of them. So all of my records will go back to my parents' house. I'm going to have to sit with, through my books a little bit because I have books that because I've had the space, I've just kept them where I probably will donate them. Like a lot of the books from my master's program, honestly, I don't know that I will use again. So I'll probably donate those or like sell them to half price books or something like that. So, and some quite a few fiction books too. So, okay. yeah. Okay. So that's definitely what I love. Those are things I love. And that would be the music is my adaptability. The record player is my adaptability context. And then my books are my learner, learner context. For sure. For sure. Um, Yeah. That's like the big stuff, right? Then I'll bring wardrobe stuff. I'll bring kitchen stuff. Probably a big one is I I have to have had to make some really serious decisions about what coffee. I was just Um, going to ask. Information or what coffee instruments I'm going to bring with me. (laughs) Because I love coffee. I have a whole little coffee bar in my apartment. Um, And I'm bringing, I have a really nice, like, big coffee grinder. I'll bring that. I'll bring my milk frother. Um, I will be bringing my pour over, which is what I do pretty much every day. And I will be bringing, I don't know if I'm going to bring my espresso machine or not. I'm like, why would I bring my milk frother if I don't bring my espresso machine? But it's kind of an old one. Like, but I don't know that I drink it a whole lot as much anymore. Like, especially during the pandemic, I've just gotten so used to doing pour over. So, so isn't it interesting how we, we know what we need Mm -hmm. and we know what we love. 
And we immediately can go to those things that are must-haves. When you think about what it would be like to lose everything in a fire or an earthquake or a natural disaster uh, where you you recognize almost immediately what you need. Yeah, yep. Um, So that's been big, yeah. What do you ponder that you might miss? Mm. Yeah, so I... The place I'm going to be living is fully furnished. So I will make it my own. You know me. I'll make it my own. <laughs> but I think I, I'm going to miss some of the kind of unique personality that I'm able to express through specifically my choice in furniture, fabric, design, things like that. Like it's really modern, but it's like basic stuff right um but i'll have like wall hangings and i'll be able to do kind of unique things like that but i think i'm really gonna miss my furniture as much as i said like i'm gonna sell a lot of it it's gonna be five years from now i'm probably not gonna want that as much as i love it so it's not a huge deal but um i'm gonna miss that i am going to miss i love that you said this that this is something you've gained because this is something i'm losing and i am pre-grieving the loss of my very large bathtub I can get my entire self under the water. I'm also only 5'1", but I can get my entire self under my water in my bathtub in my apartment. And it's the best thing ever. And I love taking baths. I love putting on an audiobook and listening to that while in a bath. And it's one of my favorite things ever. Um, and I don't have a bath in my in my place in D.C. And so I'm definitely going to miss that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess... I'm going to, I mean, I'll be, everything will be super accessible because it's just like right on campus, um, this housing facility for, for grad students. Um, but I really kind of, I will really miss my neighborhood. I mean, I live in the Gold Coast Historic District of Omaha. I mean, not that, I mean, I'll be living in D.C., so I'll be in a historic place. It's in the Shaw District in D.C., so it's historic, right? But I love the old homes that almost all of them are on the National Registry of Historic Places in my neighborhood, like getting to walk around there, walking down to Archetype, walking the other direction down Amateur Coffee, you know. I'm going to miss that for sure, so that's definitely grieving. Um, And then... There are things that I'm going to miss in terms of like, you know, I'm not like a huge cook and you know that like I kind of throw things together. I'm a snacker by trade. And so I just kind of like throw things together to eat. I don't really cook. But I have like I learned this habit from my mom of having a kitchen appliance for every possible scenario. Right. (laughs) I learned this from my mom. Right. She loves that. It's one of her favorite things to do is like collecting obscure kitchen appliances like, oh, you have to uh take out the cores of strawberries let's use the strawberry core to do that um you're gonna make apple pie well let's use the apple peeler and core and slicer gadget that you clamp onto the edge of the table pampered right? chef like, pampered oh, chef yes you're gonna do onions let's use the onion chopper for that yes. right and that's the only reason we use it right and so anyway i don't not to that extreme but like when my other grandparents um both passed away Um, Like I got their way old school popcorn maker. That's like this big Mm -hmm. bin with this plastic top and it has this metal like spike through it that just rotates. It spins and it pops it. And so I love doing that, but I don't make popcorn a whole lot. So I'm probably not going to bring that with me. But like when I am craving it, when I do it, I love making it like put some coconut oil on there, put some pink Himalayan salt and make some great popcorn. But I'm not going to bring that. I don't think, right? You'll adjust. I'm not going to bring, I'll adjust, right? I'm not going to bring my crock pot 
The only thing I ever make in Crock-Pot is chili, and I love my chili. It's award-winning. Let's just put that out there. I won the teammates chili contest, um, my sweet potato black bean corn chili. Um, I love it, but that's the only thing I make in it, and I maybe make it twice a year. So, like, I'm not going to bring my Crock-Pot with me. Like, things like that that, like, you know, I'm not going to – I don't use every day, so, like, I'm not going to bring that with me, right? But I will bring my pour-over coffee maker and things like that. But I think I'm going to miss it when I want it right? But the fact is that can't be my decision-making test, right? Right. That can't be how I make my decision-making. Like if I will want it at some point in time in the next five years, like that's not what I can decide, right? It's how often do I use it and when's the last time I have used it. And that's really how everything is being decided upon. So I think those are the big things I'm grieving. Um, What do you think you'll gain Oh my gosh. I, I'm stepping into my purpose. Like I am stepping in. Oh, I know what I have wanted to do for such a long time. And so I think I'm going to gain so much. I mean, not even like the, like, okay, just talk about physical container, right? So I'm in this graduate, it's this, these apartments on campus, but it's not like a dorm or anything, but they're like actual apartments. They're on campus for grad school, law school, med school students, right? So like in there, built in is a community, right? Like I'm living with a bunch of people that are in the same season of life as me, right? So that's something to gain. The housing facility is on top of the Starbucks and the bookstore. So I'm gaining like my bottom floor is a Barnes and Noble and a Starbucks. So, okay, you know, like not the biggest fan of like Starbucks coffee, like I'll find better stuff, but like if I need to, it's right down there, right? Um, But then just gaining like, two you know half a block away is going to be the library like the library right like i'll just get to walk over to that and you know i'm gaining all of these other facilities other containers other containers that are proximate to my container and that's what i'm really excited about like there's a gym in my building because it's like supposed to be like an apartment you know so it has its own gym but then the actual university gym and fitness center is not too far away, right? So like I can swim laps at the pool if I want to, or go down to the treadmill in my building, right? Like the fact that like all of these other things, like I, there's the food hall if I need to grab something there, even though, you know, I'll have a little kitchenette in my apartment. So like all of these things, like the fact that everything I would need in order to survive and thrive in life is right here, right? Is mm-hmm. right in these few blocks. And I think I love that so much. Like I love living on campus at Creighton and I love campus life and I love just having the people to connect with, being able to stay at the library till midnight and just walk like through campus home. Like those sorts of things that like I miss, like I missed doing my master's, like I missed that doing my master's virtually or in a hybrid method. Like I got to go to campus, but like that wasn't my library. Like, because I wasn't, like, I didn't live there and I didn't do life there and I wasn't proximate to that all the time. So it wasn't like, it didn't feel like my container. And I know these places are going to feel like my container. Like, I have a spot in the Reiner Memorial Library on Creighton's campus. And, like, that was the pod I always studied in. That was my preferred pod in the library back in it was like the biology stacks of old bio textbooks is where this pod was that I just love to sit in. Right. And like, I knew how the outlets worked. There was a little tweaky thing with the light switch, you know, in this area. And like, I just knew that. And I didn't have that at ACU for my master's. And I know I'll get to build that yes. here for my PhD program. So 
I think I'm I'm most looking forward to gaining that. And then, okay, what the heck? I get to live in my favorite city, right? If that isn't a yes. gain, like, I don't yes. know what the heck is, right? If I don't want to study at Howard's Library, I can walk down to the Library of Congress and study in Madison Reading Room, so. <laughs> I feel like I gained my natural container here. Like, I am constantly in nature. That's and good. sometimes I have to drive a little bit to it, but it's mm-hmm. it's so near me, I don't. It's just part of my daily life. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you're going to find is learning is so much part of you. Mm-hmm. That like you're going to be lear- learning is part of your daily life history, now. History, right? History yes. is so yes. much a part of me. And like that's where I get to be. So I think lost and found for you is going to be hard because you don't yet know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pre-grieving some of my loss though. Like I know. I know what I will lose. Like I will lose. I had an awesome, think like near like forty five minute conversation with Anna yesterday evening, like on the phone. And I'm like, I'm gonna miss just being able to call. Like I know I could call her up, but like, we won't talk about projects we're working on together. And like I'm gonna miss the teammates community and the people that I've been worked with for so much of my life. Um, I'm gonna miss that. I. I don't know that I'm going to miss my car, but I probably will at some points. Like, oh, it'd be great to go on a little road trip, right? Things like that. Um, I'm, I don't even want to say it. I'm going to miss my friends and my community because I'm in the season of life where my friends are my family. Yes. And so I feel like I'm leaving my family, which you get. You left your family after never having like left the area of your family. I left my actual family a long time ago to move here and um and so I I felt that and now I have friends and community that feel even more sometimes like family because they know me in this place right who I've grown to be in the last nine years and so it feels like even more of a loss and that's really hard Mm -hmm. um yeah it's chosen chosen family chosen family yeah and then I know I'm gonna miss Omaha I know people that are from here like love Omaha I've loved this city I have loved living in Omaha um the music scene as much as people say there is and I'm like almost all my favorite bands have come through Omaha um the music scene the incredible coffee shops like the fun areas of town you know the exploration um yeah a lot of that so I know there's more but I think biggest will be community safety people who know me and see me you know, cause that's going to take time to build. So. And what do you think that you're going to find? Well, I know it's there, right? But this is why I'm going purpose, passion, mission, all things I have. Right. But I feel like I'll find more cementing in those. Um, and then for me, This has been a perpetual struggle, (laughs) but I'm hoping because literally I have boundaries for this, but I'm hoping I'll find more balance. I don't, I don't do a good job of taking care of myself because I'm stretched in a lot of ways. Um, my plate has always been way, way, way full. Um, but part of my, um, work with the university, I cannot work anywhere else. Um, I have very strict obligations of how I'm supposed to spend my time and what I cannot do and I cannot overextend myself. And I think that that I'm hoping because of that, that will really allow me to find, I'm hoping, I'm dreaming that it will allow me to find a better sense of balance uh, in my own life. So I want to leave you with another simple abundance quote that I came upon 
as I was hearing you say that, this was from two days ago. Her new passion became peace of mind. And then this is my own writing that I added. Passion, perseverance, patience, and perspective. And patience is probably the hardest part. So be in, we say this all the time, you know, be in the moment, Mm -hmm. but you're embarking on moments of transition that will feel scary and empowering, um, freeing and terrifying. Mm -hmm. And be patient with yourself as you experience those things. I don't, I think we, we have a tendency to speed through the uncomfortable to get to the settling in. And there's a whole lot to learn in the uncomfortable. There's a whole lot to learn in the boxes that still aren't unpacked. That's Mm -hmm. okay. And maybe you don't even need to unpack them. You can just pick them up and take them directly to goodwill. Um, Mm -hmm. There is a lot to learn in the moments of transition, but it seems like we all are in a hurry to get to the next place. Yeah. And there, the space, the container of transition is uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. The loading your shit in a U-Haul mm-hmm. is uncomfortable. Yep. Unloading it also, but it's, mm-hmm. I look back at that and think, I wish I would have just been the tiniest bit more present to see it's just stuff. Yeah. And it's the stuff I decided that mattered mm-hmm. that I wanted to take with. Yeah. And then going back to the, her eye is more discriminating now. She has learned what she can live without and she feels lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Good reflection. Hmm. Ha, huh, that was good processing. Mine so. too. If we were to create action items for listeners, it would be like so. What does your space, your physical container, tell you about, tell us, tell anyone about your strengths? How, do your, how are your strengths reflected in your physical containers, wherever that is, mm-hmm. your home, your favorite room, your workstation or office, where you, like you said, if you spend a lot of time at the gym, things like that. Um, and then, yeah, if you've, if you've moved or transitioned or even gone through something like spring cleaning lately, um, what have you gained? What have you lost? What have you, what have you gained? What have you gotten rid of? And then what have you lost and what have you found? And let the lost and found be more mm-hmm. holistic and deep. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's tangible. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I think it, it helps us to that hard question really ties back to the container. Absolutely. And the container questions are easier to answer. What I've lost and what I've found Mm -hmm. are deeper exploration. And we kind of need both in order to get to the root of it. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode number 85 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions we posed in this episode, give us a follow on Instagram. That's at uh, at Jenna Millie, at G-E-N-N-A-N-D 
M-I-L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Starman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program at large. Until next time.